I was very uh, I, I was very excited. I'll just say this. I was very excited last Sunday, and I, that was another reason I hate I couldn't be here uh, to hear about uh, Brother Bryce, as I can call him now, uh, on, on coming forward, and, and uh, as I call it, taking a stand. Um, that is that is very encouraging to me. I'm not going to be preaching about uh, Bryce this morning, but that is very encouraging to me, and, and it should be an encouragement to us all to see young men and women who come forward and take a stand uh, for Christ. And I want to talk this morning about uh, a man who took a, a very great stand, who I think is a, a very uh, an example of a righteous man who took a stand in just the midst of a very uh, wicked king and wicked generation who stood alone. And uh, it's in, and it's and it's a uh, and it's in times like that whenever we feel you know truly alone or we feel just you know the, the weight of the world on our shoulders that we need uh, <laughs> we need men and women who are willing to take a stand and be encouraging to us. And the man that I have on my mind this morning is uh, is Elijah, who I think is just the. <laughs> Like I said, the, a, a great example of uh, of courage, and of a uh, and of a of a true uh, hero. In terms of in terms of of his faith in God, <laughs> so I'll be so I, I'll begin in the in the seventeenth chapter uh, of the book of First Kings, and I'm I'm not gonna I'm not gonna you know get to go through the whole life of Elijah, but I want to hit um, just some very I think uh, important. Uh, Things that Elijah goes through and Elijah does early on in his ministry that I think um, we are in desperate uh, desperate need of and and to and to study these things. It's that's important um, to know that the time that Elijah was living in was a very uh, like I said it was a, it was a very bad time. This was not the the good times of Israel. Um, at this time, uh, at this time uh, before this. Uh, the the kingdom of Israel was split into two different nations. Uh, after Solomon after Solomon died, the Lord had split the kingdom into two. Ten tribes of Israel would be, would become the the kingdom of Israel. Two other tribes became the kingdom of Judah. That's why you know whenever you read through the books of, of Kings and Chronicles, you'll see you know different times where it'll say so and so reigned while so and so was king of of Judah, or so and so reigned in Judah while. So and so was king in Israel. It's, it's just so so you understand that. And at this time, they were they were under the uh, the seventh king in Israel. There were nineteen kings in Israel, and most all of them were wicked. All of them were just wicked kings. Uh, in, in in Judah, they had they were blessed with many righteous kings who followed God, but Israel was not that way. And it describes this king, this king Ahab, who was king at this time. As being more wicked than any of his than any of the kings before him, that he was the mo- that he was the most wicked. In, in fact, in the if we back up to the 16th chapter in the 29th verse. It says, and in the 38th year of Asa king of Judah, while Asa was king in Judah, began Ahab the son of Omri to reign over Israel. And Ahab the son of Omri reigned over Israel and Samaria 22 years. And Ahab the son of Omri did evil in the sight of the Lord above all that were before him. And it came to pass as if it had been a light thing for him to walk in the sins of Jeroboam, the son of Nebat. He was the the first king of Israel. That he took to wife Jezebel, the daughter of Ethbaal, king of the the Zidonians, and went and served Baal and worshipped him. 
And he reared up an altar for Baal in the house of Baal, which he had built in Samaria. And Ahab made a grove, and Ahab did more to provoke the Lord God of Israel to anger than all the kings of Israel that were before him. <clears throat> this was not a righteous king. This was not a, a, a good time for the, for the children of Israel, to, for the people of Israel to have this king. As it says in the 31st verse, not only, did, not only did he follow in the wickedness of the prior kings, but he took it a step forward. Uh, they say they say that he had married this woman Jezebel to uh, secure some you know to, uh, political powers. He was making you know a political arrangement with the people of the Zidonians by marrying this woman Jezebel, who as will as you'll find you know if I don't get through this I I, I encourage you all to uh, to read through these last chapter of Kings. It's just very interesting and and uh, and you will see how, how truly wicked uh, Jezebel was and how she greatly desired. To, uh, to just wipe out uh, the worship of the Lord God altogether and to make Baal worship the supreme. As even in the 32nd verse, I, I mean, she even had him not just make an altar for Baal, but it says in the house of Baal. So they made a temple devoted uh, to this God of the Zidonians. <clears throat> and, and Ahab made a grove. He made these places up in the mountains for people to, to worship and to, and to, make, and to make sacrifices uh, to this false god. <clears throat> so that is, that's, the time that, that's the time that Elijah is coming on to the scene to. He is coming on to, the, to uh, this wicked king who took a wicked queen to, 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 to turn the hearts of, of Israel to, to worship uh, the god Baal. And then we're just immediately introduced to Elijah in the 17th chapter, just very abruptly. It says in the 17th chapter, in the first verse, And Elijah the Tishbite, who was of the inhabitants of Gilead, said unto Ahab, As the Lord God of Israel liveth, before whom I stand, there shall not be dew nor rain these years, but according to my word. <laughs> if you want to talk about uh, courage, This man, who it doesn't even tell us, uh, you know, many times when you when you're introduced to a prophet or somebody in the Bible, it'll often say, you know, it often it often say, you know, who they are and who they're who they're the who their father is. Uh, but in this case, it doesn't give us that with Elijah. It just tells us it just drops this name to us, Elijah the Tishbite, who's of the inhabitants of Gilead. But just in this one verse. It gives us just a, a glimpse in, into his character and who he was, because you know, if many times, you know, if you don't, if you don't have a, a well-known father, you're not from a well-known family. You know, in our times, Elijah might be considered as a, yeah, as you know, a nobody. He might be considered a nobody, especially. And, and Gilead was not known as this big city, as this big place. If you look up Gilead, it's known for uh, just ha- as for it for having mountains, for being this very uh, kind of rural area. Uh, in Israel, and the men there were described as being uh, as being very rugged. <clears throat> and, and 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 from Gilead came this came uh, this man, this nobody. That people would have looked at him as, <laughs> and with and uh, and even though he may have been looked at as a nobody to these other people, he was somebody to God, and he is somebody uh, and he is somebody to us. Even you know, <laughs> this is a good encouragement to ourselves. 
that you know you may feel like you might be a nobody that you know you're no you're nothing special but in the eyes of the Lord and in the eyes of the Lord's people you are somebody <clears throat> and he tells as the Lord God of Israel liveth before whom I stand notice what he was de- what <laughs> the declaration he was making to this king he said that it, it, that that he had declared greatly that the Lord God of Israel, the true God, is, is not as the, you know this God Baal that he serves, that is not alive. Is not, he said that this Lord God, the true God of Israel, he is alive and he is active. He, declare, he declares who his God is, and he says, before whom I stand. <laughs> Letting us know that this, that this, <laughs> that this is a man... Who is a, a man of God? This is a man who declared him, who declared who his God was, and before whom he stood. And every every time, uh, it, whenever whether it's before a congregation or before anybody, whenever we make us, whenever we take a stand, and whenever we take a stand, uh, just just as Bryce did, in coming forward and declare our our faith in Christ. That we are taking a stand, and just as Elijah did, we are saying that as the Lord God of Israel liveth. Before whom I stand, that I'm a follower of Him, that He's that He is the true God, and that He and that I am a and I am one of His disciples. I'm one of His followers. That's what Elijah was declaring here. And he, and notice the I mean what he said to him. I mean there shall not be dew nor rain these years, but according to my word. I mean the the courage that you know he wasn't just declaring this to a group of people like other prophets that other prophets did. Elijah, the first time we see him, he is going straight to the king's chambers, to the face of the king, and saying that you're not going to have any rain, not even dew on this ground until I say so, according to my word, that you're not going to have anything. <laughs> and I mean, just think of the the great courage that took for Elijah, this man from Gilead. Uh, but again, that is that is that is who we need. Uh, in in the book of Jeremiah, um, it refers to the the balm of Gilead, the land of Gilead that was a mountainous region was also known for its uh, medicinal uh, medicinal qualities. It, it they they produced many medicines and physicians were in that area. Um, that produced uh, medicines for the people, and in the and in and in the the eighth chapter of Jeremiah, in the twenty second verse, it says, it says, is there no balm of Gilead? Is there no physician there? Why then is not the health of the daughter of my people recovered? If these people were in desperate need of healing, they were in need of a physician, of a balm out of Gilead, uh, in order to uh, in order to restore them. And just as, uh, and just as uh, we have our own balm of Gilead in Jesus Christ, who uh, who is able to restore us and be health and nourishment to ourselves. So that is that is Elijah. That's 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 our first introduction. Just a little bit of the character of Elijah. And then after this chapter. I want to talk a little about the uh, what, what I like to think of the, the, the training of Elijah after this. After Elijah de- makes this bold statement declaring that that, uh, the, that his Lord is God of Israel, before whom he stands, and, de- and declares that there will not be rain nor dew, that the Lord sends him away, and says that the and the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, Get thee hence, and turn thee eastward, and hide thyself by the brook Cherith. 
that is before Jordan. And it shall be that thou shalt drink of the brook, and I have commanded the ravens to feed thee there. So he went and did according unto the word of the Lord, for he went and dwelt by the brook Cherith that is before Jordan. And the ravens brought him bread and flesh in the morning, and bread and flesh in the evening, and he drank of the brook. This is this is what I believe was was part of Elijah's uh, you call it a training while he was while he was uh, while he was uh, under <laughs> under direction of the Lord that he was having this alone time with God that was that was to prepare him for more because Elijah was not done as we're going to find out it, it was, Elijah was not only called to go and make this declaration to the king. That there was going to be many other things that Elijah needed to be prepared for. And there's going to be things in our life that we need to be prepared for. That we need to be, uh, <laughs> that we need to be ready and able for. And, it's, and, it's, uh, and before those times come, it's important that you know, we, we have to go through our own you know, kind of training. Our own, you know, our, our, own, uh, our own studying. <laughs> and just as Elijah here... Is supplied is supplied that solely by God. I mean, you think about you know Elijah. While maybe he was heading that way of the looks he may have got when he told people when they asked you know like, hey, where are you going? I'm going to the brook Cherith. Where is that? It's over near Jordan. Well, how are you going to get food? The Lord's going to send me ravens. The Lord, I mean, imagine what the people may have thought if he had told them that that you know that that the Lord was going to supply for him. And it's no different than people whenever you tell them. Tell them, hey, you know, I'm going to church on, I'm going to church this Sunday. Hey, I'm going to, to read. I, I can't come out tonight. I'm going to read my Bible. Or I'm going to a Bible study. There are many that may, you know, give you looks like thinking, you know, well, the, just as Elijah, well, that, that guy's crazy. But we understand just as Elijah did that our God is able to uh, to strengthen us and supply our needs and our and comfort us. <clears throat> and it shall be that thou shalt drink of the brook, and I will command the ravens to feed thee. So he went and did according unto the word of the Lord, for he went and dwelt by the brook Cherith that is before Jordan. I think a very important lesson that we can learn is that just as God's commandments and words were able to sustain Elijah, and that he commanded him to drink of the brook, to eat of the ravens, that God's word is still able to sustain us and nourish ourselves while we while we are in our own in our own training in our own alone time, I mean you have to imagine Elijah is completely alone at, at this time. It doesn't tell us exactly how long he is at this brook, but he's there until the brook dries up completely. Uh, that, I mean that that has to be a you know a pretty long time that he's completely by himself with no other with no other person except God uh, there to to nourish him to commune with him. And that is what, uh, and there are times when uh, we need ourselves to have, you know, some alone time with God, some alone time to, to learn of Him, to study. Uh, in the just as a in the book of of Second Timothy, in the third chapter, when in the sixteenth verse, where when Paul tells Timothy, all Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. That the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. That just as this, that just as this moment of, of time that Elijah was going through this was instructing him and teaching him, and I'm sure there were, I'm sure a lot of that time he was meditating, you know, on things that God had said, and he was learning that in our own lives that it is vital 
that, uh, that, that, we, that we go through, that we experience that ourselves, that we, uh, that we study and spend some alone time um, and spend some alone time with God, uh, learning of Him and going to Him for, for nourishment, for strength. Uh, just as in, in the 15th chapter of Romans, when Paul says, For whatsoever things were written aforetime were written for our learning, that we through patience and comfort of the Scriptures might have hope. That when we read this story of Elijah and the things that he did, that it can bring us, it can bring us not just uh, not just learning, not just education, but it can bring us it can bring us hope. <clears throat> and the seventh verse says, and it came to pass after a while that the brook dried up because there had been no rain in the land. I, I, I started to wonder, you know, like I wonder what Elijah what Elijah thought whenever that brook finally eventually uh, dried up. I wonder if he thought, you know, that that oh, the Lord's just going to have me just stay at this brook for for as we read as we read there was no rain for three and a half years. So Elijah may have thought, you know, the Lord's just going to leave me here for three and a half years, feed me with water from a brook, breed me food from a raven. You know, he might have thought, you know, this is a this is a pretty good deal. I've got it pretty well made here. And I wonder what Elijah may have thought whenever that brook uh, uh, eventually dried up, as the, as this, and uh, he, he may have, you know, started to panic a little bit, you know. And and how true is that in our own lives whenever? Uh, one brook may dry may dry up for us. One thing that may have been uh, we may have felt was the only thing that was able uh, to sustain us or bring us happiness, and we feel that whenever that brook dries up, that we that well, we have no hope left. What am I going to do now? And we may feel that the Lord has forgotten about us. Now, did you know? It makes you wonder. Did Elijah think the Lord had forgotten and not planned out that this brook is eventually going to dry up on me? But the Lord did not forget about him, and the Lord does not forget about us. In the 49th chapter of the book of Isaiah, <clears throat> the Lord says in the, in the 14th verse, But Zion said, The Lord hath forsaken me, and my Lord hath forgotten me. And he says, Can a woman forget her sucking child, that she should not have compassion on the son of her womb? Yea, they may forget, yet will I not forget thee. Behold, I have graven thee upon the palms of my hands. Thy walls are continually before me. Can you imagine a woman ever forgetting her child that she brought up and raised and fed? I can't imagine my wife ever forgetting about Teddy or forgetting him for a a moment. Uh, But even if we do, even if it is possible for us, for people to, to forsake their children that they raised up, that the Lord said that that He will never that even though they forget. He will never forget us. That he does not. That he does not forsake us, and goes as far to say that we are graven upon uh, upon the palms of His hands. That, that that's permanent. That is that is a continual reminder of when He looks at His hands that He is reminded of His children, of His people. And just as we may think that when a brook dries up in our lives that the Lord's forgotten about us, that uh, we may not understand that the Lord is work has worked to provide us. With uh, with other means, provide us with another way, just as in as we'll see here. And the word of the Lord came unto him: Arise, get thee to Zarephath, which belongeth to Zidon, and dwell there. Behold, I have commanded a widow woman there to to sustain thee. So he arose and went to Zarephath. And when he came to the gate of the city, behold, the widow woman was there gathering of sticks. And he called to her and said, Fetch me, I pray thee, a little water in a vessel that I may drink. And as she was going to fetch it, he called to her and said, Bring me, I pray thee, a morsel of bread in thine hand. 
And she said, As the Lord thy God liveth, I have not a cake but a handful of meal in a barrel and a little oil in a cruise. And behold, I am gathering two sticks that I, might, that I may go in and dress it for me and my son, that we may eat it and die. She was, she was just expecting them to die. You have to remember that this was a drought in the land that... It may have been many that just could not, that, that uh, did not have access to water. And we have this widow woman here who is just waiting, who is just uh, preparing basically a last meal she's expecting for her and her son that they may, that they may die. <clears throat> and Elijah, this man of faith, who would just as the Lord had sustained him and strengthened him, <clears throat> that, he was, that he was able to strengthen this woman now. He was able to be an encouragement to this to this widow, who was who was on her her you know her her last leg with her son, and it's a you know it's important to remember too that you know it, this is as we're going to read going through this is the the immense faith that Elijah had in God that he he had a trust in God. Um, this land of Zarephath. Now I don't know how accurate this is. When I looked at a map. And many think that from where he was at to go to Zarephath was around a hundred miles. So Elijah was traveling. The Lord had told Elijah to travel a hundred miles to this place to to meet a widow woman, who he said was going to supply his needs. And we not think there might have been that in our own lives we might you know have doubted that you know to to send. Why are you sending me this far away? But we do not see any doubt in that in Elijah, that he had a, a, a trust in God. And I think part of that came from his, his alone time with the Lord, training him and seeing that the Lord was able to provide for him and do these things. And now, and now he is going to, to show that to this widow woman. You know, so just as when the Lord blesses us and we grow in our faith, that, whenever, that we have a chance to affect the faith and strengthen the faith of others to help and encourage them as Elijah is going to do to this woman. And, and Elijah said unto her, Fear not, go and do as thou hast said, but make me thereof a little cake first and bring it unto me, and after make for thee and for thy son. For thus saith the Lord God of Israel, The barrel of meal shall not waste, neither shall the cruise of oil fail until the day that the Lord sendeth rain upon the earth. Now this woman had to. Ha- this woman, as we see, was is a is a woman, a, a God fearing woman, and she must have had a little. And she must have had faith in God herself, because He's asking her to feed Him first, and then He's saying, "There's going to be more after." You know, trust in me, trust in the Lord, that He's going to provide, and that it will not run out. And she went and did it according to the saying of Elijah. And she and he and her house did eat many days, and the barrel of meal wasted not, neither did the cruise of oil fail, according to the word of the Lord, which he spake by Elijah. This is a, a beautiful testing uh, of, of Elijah's faith. And by doing that, he was strengthening this widow woman's faith. That whenever we, that whenever we go through trials, we not only have a chance to strengthen ourselves, but... Uh, to strengthen other people, to encourage them, and after this, this is going to be a, a I believe, a, a, a huge test of Elijah's faith. This is going to be the uh, the ultimate uh, a test before Elijah is called to do what he is what he is sent to do. And it says, and it came to pass after these things that the son of the woman, the mistress of the house, fell sick. 
And his sickness was so sore that there was no breath left in him. He died. Her son died after so many days. And she said unto Elijah, What have I to do with thee, O thou man of God? Art thou come unto me to call my sin to remembrance and to slay my son? You have to remember, this widow uh, clearly did not have much. She had her son. <laughs> and, she, and she had just lost her son. You have, to th- you have to imagine, whenever tragedy strikes, we're typically quick to look for somebody to blame, we're to look for something to, bri- to blame. And this, and this widow woman... Uh, in you know, a moment of weakness, she did. She uh, she uh, put that blame onto Elijah, that this thing happened to his son. And he said unto her, "Give me thy son." And he took him out of out of her bosom and carried him up into a loft where he abode, and laid him upon his own bed. And he cried unto the Lord and said, "O Lord my God, hast thou also brought evil upon the widow with whom I sojourn?" By slaying her son. And he stretched himself upon the child three times and cried unto the Lord and said, O Lord my God, I pray thee, let this child's soul come into him again. And the Lord heard the voice of Elijah, and the soul of the child came into him again, and he revived. You have to think of the immense faith that took for Elijah to believe that God was going to do this. Before this time, I I cannot find another time where prior to this someone has been risen from the dead. I have not, uh, or that uh, someone has has been brought back to life. If you if you know of one or you see one, please let me know afterwards. But to me, this is the first time this has happened where a, where a, where a child has been brought back from the dead uh, through prayer and and uh, <laughs> through prayer to God. So think think of the faith it takes. You know, it, it doesn't. <clears throat> I want to say it doesn't. You know, it doesn't feel like. It takes as much faith, you know, if I can say that, to pray for things that we know have happened, to pray for things we know that the Lord has done for us, to pray for things and, and to feel blessed by things that, the, that we've experienced within ourselves. But Elijah was praying for something that nobody had seen before, that God had not performed before. But yet he had a faith and belief that my God, the Lord God who, before whom I stand, he is able to do this, that he can do this. In fact, in the it, it you know it, it, it's shocking to me that Elijah is not really mentioned uh, in the book of in the eleventh chapter of the book of Hebrews, but I think he's briefly mentioned here at the very end after uh, after the writer of Hebrews goes and talks about these great men of faith. Uh, he then uh, he, he speaks on uh, he speaks in the thirty second verse said what shall I more say for the time would fail me. And he goes through telling of these different uh, acts of faith that he didn't have time to go into detail with. And in the 35th verse, he says, Women received their dead raised to life again. <clears throat> that, by, uh, that by faith, by Elijah's <laughs> continual trust in God, that God had shown again and again that he can provide for Elijah, it strengthened this faith in Elijah to the point that he truly believed my God can raise this boy from the dead, and He did. <clears throat> I'm not saying that you know that uh, that uh, that we should pray every time somebody dies for the God to bring them back to dead, but that we should have, but that we have faith to know that our God is able to do all as He pleases, according to His will. He is able to do all that He pleases to do, and apparently it pleased the Lord to do this for this <laughs> for this family. 
And Elijah took the child and brought him down out of the chamber into the house and delivered him unto his mother. And Elijah said, See, thy son liveth. And the woman said to Elijah, Now by this I know that thou art a man of God, and that the word of the Lord in thy mouth is truth. And then when we... I had this thought recently while, while I was studying this. You know, Many times whenever uh, we pray for things to happen and for God to do things in our lives... Um, <laughs> that uh, we're, we're upset whenever a trial may come. You know, a lot of times, you know, uh, we may pray for patience, and then we're immediately expecting the Lord to, to grant us patience. <laughs> and then, uh, you know, and then you, you, we pray for patience, and then these things come into our lives that, you know, that, that uh, we don't have patience in, and we, you know, we get upset. We're like, Lord, why didn't you give me patience? <laughs> and I think that, we're, and, uh, Whenever we pray for things like that, for the Lord to give us things, whenever the Lord, we pray for the Lord to give us patience, just as an example, that uh, sometimes we can miss that there may be that uh, there may be a trial in our life that comes along in order to strengthen our patience and to teach us patience. Uh, there, uh, there may be other things that we pray for, uh, and we expect the Lord just to give them to us without thinking that just as Elijah went through a trial here. That there are going to be trials that may come from our prayers that are that are that are uh, that are given to us in order to strengthen us, to help us. In the in the in the book of James, whenever James speaks about temptations, he talks about he talks about um, <laughs> he talks about let us to rejoice in temptations. Blessed is the man that endureth temptations, for when he is tried, he shall receive the crown of life, which the Lord hath promised to them that love him. Let no man say when he is tempted, I am tempted of God, for God cannot be tempted with evil, neither tempteth he any man. But every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust. That's not the verse I'm looking for, but... Well, I'm missing. There, there is a verse in James that speaks about to rejoice in temptations, in order that they may strengthen. And the lesson of that is that they may strengthen us. That may that they may uh, that when we endure temptations and endure trials, that uh, it is that they are in order to strengthen us, to help us. And that is what Elijah uh, was going through here. That that uh, he went through an immense trial that was to in order to prepare him for what was going to come. And then we get to, <clears throat> and then we get to. I, I, I'm going to try to go. Uh, I'm not going to go through this whole chapter here. Uh, there's there's a lot here, but in this chapter, we find where Elijah uh, finally um, is is called to battle after he's uh, he's he's uh, been with the Lord at the brook Cherith alone in training, in studying, in learning, and then. Through his testing with the widow woman and strengthening her faith and strengthening his own faith, that he is now, uh, in a sense, uh, prepared for battle. That he is he is he is ready uh, for what the Lord has called him to do. In this chapter, the Lord uh, Elijah is going to confront uh, Ahab finally. After all these years, Ahab, that Elijah is going to confront him. And it came to pass after many days that the word of the Lord came to Elijah in the third year. It's been three years since there's been no rain or even dew in the land, saying, Go, show thyself unto Ahab. 
and I will send rain upon the earth. <clears throat> and I, I'm going to, I want to uh, go ahead a little bit because there's, there's a lot here I, I still want to greatly get to. <clears throat> and in the 17th verse of the 18th chapter, and it came to pass when Ahab saw Elijah, that Ahab said unto him, Art thou he that troubleth Israel? In other words, Ahab was blaming Elijah for this drought, for this famine, for their not having any rain. He was he was putting all the blame and and and, and his own and, and guilt upon Elijah, not upon himself, not upon what he had done. He blamed Elijah. And Elijah answered and said, I have not troubled Israel, but thou and thy father's house, in that ye have forsaken the commandments of the Lord, and thou hast followed Balaam. Now therefore send and gather to me all Israel into Mount Carmel, and the prophets of Baal four hundred and fifty, and the prophets of the groves four hundred, which eat at Jezebel's table. So Ahab sent unto the children of Israel and gathered the prophets together unto Mount Carmel. As Elijah here was going to show them, and and, and by his and by the, the faith, I mean, and the courage, you got to think it took for this. I mean, he is before uh, he is before Ahab. Who, if you uh, if you read uh, early on in the 18th chapter, you'll find Ahab had been had basically put a bounty on this man. That he had he had been sending people to look for Elijah ever since. You know, I, it must have become clear that uh, there's not going to be any rain. That uh, Elijah that uh, Elijah was taking a, a very big leap of faith in following the Lord to present himself to Ahab. <clears throat> And in the 21st verse, verse says, And Elijah came unto all the people and said, How long halt ye between two opinions? If the Lord be God, follow him. But if Baal, then follow him. And the people answered him, Not a word. He is saying, You cannot, assert, you cannot uh, declare yourselves as worshipers of the Lord while you're also following Baal. You cannot do it. And I tell you today that We cannot, we cannot, uh, we cannot serve and worship the Lord while we're also trying to serve and worship the, the gods of this world, the uh, various idols in our own lives. Um, any, because anything that we put uh, above God, it becomes an idol. It becomes a god to us, and that's what these children of Israel had done: is they had put this god Baal above above the true and the living God. And here Elijah is telling them, you know, to, you know, pick one. Which one are you going to follow? Choose today. Who you're, who are you going to follow? Are you going to follow the Lord God, who's done all the, you know, these, you know, you think about these miraculous things that the Lord had done for the children of Israel, or if, or if you will follow Baal, this, you know, this, this dumb idol, this idol that had done nothing for these people, but bring, but uh, bring the wrath of God upon them. And then Elijah said unto the people, I, even I only, remain a prophet of the Lord. But Baal's prophets are 450 men. Let them therefore give us two bullocks, and let them choose one bullock for themselves, and cut it in pieces, and lay it on wood, and put no fire under. And I will dress the other bullock, and lay it on wood, and put no fire under. He was issuing a challenge here to these prophets, that let's make, let's make a sacrifice. I'll make one, and you make one. And, we'll, and uh, we won't put a fire under it, and we'll see... Whose God is able to bring a fire down onto this altar, onto this sacrifice? 
And it says in the 26th verse, And they took the bullock which was given them, and they dressed it, and called on the name of Baal from morning even until noon, saying, O Baal, hear us. But there was no voice, nor any that answered. And they leaped upon the altar which was made. And it came to pass at noon that Elijah mocked them. He began just to, just to make fun of them for their foolishness. And, he, uh, he, and he, he said, And Elijah mocked them and said, Cry aloud, for he is a God. Either he's talking, or he's pursuing, or he's in a journey, or, you know, he, or he's sleeping, and he must be awakened. You know, I, I can just picture you know, Elijah j- just laughing and making fun of these people, telling them, telling them you know, he, he could be asleep. You're going to have to cry louder. And they cried aloud and cut themselves after their manner with knives and lances. They began to even you know, just, just shed blood, till the blood gushed out upon them. And it came to pass when midday was passed, and they prophesied until the time of the offering of the evening sacrifice, that there was neither voice, nor any to answer, nor any that regarded. That, that their, you know, their, their God, little g God, was not able to do anything for these people. It was not able, it was not able uh, to, to answer them or do anything. And Elijah said unto all the people, Come near unto me. And all the people came near unto him. And he repaired the altar of the Lord that was broken down. And Elijah took twelve stones according to the number of the tribes of the sons of Jacob, unto whom the word of the Lord came, saying, Israel shall be thy name. And he, constructed, he, he built his own altar. And he put wood, and he even went so far as to put water on it, just to show uh, <laughs> the, power of, the power of God. He said, I'll soak this in water, and the Lord is still going to bring a fire upon it. <laughs> and he had them soak it with water three times, and the water, it says, ran about the altar, and he filled the trench also with water. And it came to pass at the time of the offering of the evening sacrifice that Elijah the prophet came near and said, Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and of Israel, let it be known this day that thou art God in Israel, and that I am thy servant, and that I have done all these things at thy word. Hear me, O Lord, hear me, that this people may know that thou art the Lord God, and that thou hast turned their heart back again. Then the fire of the Lord fell and consumed the burnt sacrifice and the wood and the stones and the dust and licked up the water that was in the trench. And when all the people saw it, they fell on their faces. And they said, The Lord, He is the God. The Lord, He is the God. And after this, and after this, Elijah and many of the children of Israel, they took and they slew the prophets of Baal. They slew the prophets of Balaam. <clears throat> so that, that it, the Lord had strengthened Elijah's faith so much that he was not that he was able to challenge these people and to show the power of God to these people. And that those are the that is the effects of, of taking a stand, of being of being strong and courageous. That there is a, that there is victory in that. That there and this was the victory of God at this time. But even though you know, just as Elijah, you would think after this, Elijah, you know, he's he's got to be feeling just just really good about the, about himself, just very very strengthened. But we have to remember that Elijah was a man. In fact, in the in the in the fifth chapter of James, it, it says that uh, it says in the seventy-first, Elijah was a man subject to like passions as we are, and he prayed earnestly that it might not rain, and it rained not on the earth by the space of three years and six months. The, Elijah was a man just as we are. Elijah was did not have something in him that was different 
than anything that you or I have in us today. <clears throat> and then, and even despite all these things Elijah had done, in the 19th chapter we see where Elijah begins to feel deeply alone. He feels deeply alone. You have to remember that he, that Elijah believes that he is truly, uh, that he is the, uh, that he is the only man of God. He feels just truly alone. Um, <clears throat> in fact, I, I, I skipped over. But if you, if you read this, you'll, you'll find where earlier on, where Jezebel had had uh, many of the prophets that were in Israel killed. She had them, she had them killed. Except for some that a, that a man Obadiah was able to hide in a cave. But Elijah believed that he was the only one left. That he was truly alone. <clears throat> that even after this, that if, at the end of the 18th chapter, you read where Elijah did pray and rained and the rain came. And in the 19th chapter, it says, And Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah had done, and withal how he had slain all the prophets with the sword. And Jezebel sent a message unto Elijah, saying, So let the gods do to me, and more also, if I make not thy life as the life of one of them by tomorrow about this time. That she was declaring, Either you're going to die or I'm going to by tomorrow. And when he saw that, he arose and he went for his life and came to Beersheba, which belongeth to Judah, and left his servant there. But he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat down under a juniper tree and he requested for himself that he might die and said, It is enough. Now, O Lord, take away my life, for I am not better than my, father, than my father's. That he had truly felt that he was, that he was alone. And he was, he was, that he was frightened. You know, this, he was a great man of courage. But even great men of courage and of faith, you know, we're able to, to be afraid. We're able to, get, to, to have fear come upon us. And to feel like we're truly alone. <clears throat> and the Lord and the Lord uh, and the Lord heard him. And as he lay and slept under a juniper tree, behold, then an angel touched him and said unto him, Arise and eat. Take care of yourself. Eat, eat some food and water. Uh, take care of your body. And then in the night, and then uh, if we go down, and he came there unto a cave and lodged there. And behold, the word of the Lord came unto him, and he said unto him, What doest thou here, Elijah? And he said, I have been very jealous for the Lord God of hosts, for the children of Israel have forsaken thy covenant, thrown down thine altars, and slain thy prophets with the sword. And I, even I only, am left, and they seek my life to take it away. And the Lord told him to go forth and stand upon the mount before the Lord, and behold, the Lord passed by, and a great strong wind rent the mountains and break in pieces the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind, and after the wind, an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, a still, small voice. <clears throat> that all these... <laughs> That in all these uh, all these things, the Lord was showing him. All of these, uh, these earthquakes, these fires, these great winds... But the Lord was not in those. He was in a still, small voice to Elijah. <laughs> in the, in the, uh, and, and we still have that still, small voice today. There is still that still, small voice that you feel, that you, know, you may feel whenever, uh, whenever you, are, you are reading Scripture, whenever you're hearing the Gospel, whenever you're singing. You know, there are times that you, that, uh, <laughs> that you can feel that still, small voice. 
that is, that is guiding us. In the, uh, in the 30th chapter of Isaiah, in the, um, in the 21st verse, it says, And thine ears shall hear a word behind thee, saying, This is the way, walk ye in it, when ye turn to the right hand and when ye turn to the left. That, there is, that the Lord is still guiding us with that still small voice leading us on where we need to go. Because I, I believe, you know, just as uh, those great things that, 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 uh, that Elijah was seeing, the, the earthquakes, the fire, and the, and the wind, and, the, and I think that was representing the pain that Elijah was feeling, that pain that we feel in ourselves, you know, whenever, whenever we feel... a Whenever you know we have a, a acknowledgement of our sins, even whenever we have you know this this pain within ourselves, whenever we feel alone. <clears throat> but the Lord gives us that still small voice as an as a way to to strengthen us, to encourage us. <clears throat> and it was so when Elijah heard it that he wrapped his face in his mantle and went out and stood in the entering end of the cave. And behold, there came a voice unto him and said, What doest thou here, Elijah? And he said the, the same thing again. And he said, I have been very jealous for the Lord God of hosts, because the children of Israel have forsaken thy covenant, thrown down thine altars, and slain thy prophets with the sword. And I, even I only, am left, and they seek my life to take it away. And after this, <laughs> the Lord, t- the Lord uh, lets Elijah know that he is not alone, that he is not by himself. <clears throat> he tells him, and the Lord said unto him, Go, return on thy way to the wilderness of Damascus. And when thou comest, anoint Haziel to be king over Syria, Syria and Jehu the son of Nim, Nimshi, that shalt thou anoint to be king over Israel. And Elisha the son of Shaphat of Abimelech, of Abimelech shalt thou anoint to be prophet in thy room. He's going to take over for you once, once you're finished. And it shall come to pass that him that escapeth the sword of Hazael shall Jehu slay. If you continue reading on, you'll read where Jehu eventually slayed Ahab. That this, that this time of wickedness was eventually brought to a halt. That it was brought to an end. That, her, that she had failed in trying to make Baal worship the supreme worship and to, and to completely destroy the worship of God. And him that escapeth from the sword of Jehu shall Elisha slay. Yet I have left me seven thousand in Israel, all the knees which have not bowed unto Baal, and every mouth which has not kissed him. That though Elijah felt deeply within himself that he was alone, I am the last one. There's nobody else. Lord, take my life. I'm done. I've not done good. I'm by myself. And when we feel that way too, whenever we may feel that uh, that we're alone, that there's nobody else that... Uh, that uh, that we feel just casted down uh, by things in our lives that nobody understands, that nobody's with us, that, no, that there is nobody else who is seeking God. There's nobody else. <clears throat> that, the Lord, that the Lord lets us know that we are not alone, that there are other people. That uh, <clears throat> when brothers and sisters in Christ come forward and declare a faith in Him, <laughs> to be with brothers and sisters that we, that uh, to know that they are not alone. That whenever uh, there may be things that uh, that we that you go through in your discipleship, and you feel uh, discouraged and by yourself, know that you're not alone. <laughs> that there are that uh, that you have uh, brothers and sisters in Christ, and that more importantly, you have the Lord God 
who is able to supply our needs. And it's in great times that we're in today that we need, we need people like Elijah. We need people who are not afraid to come forward. We need, people, we need brothers like Bryce who are not afraid to come forward just as Elijah did when we are first introduced to him and say, My Lord God liveth. I serve the Lord God. I serve, I serve uh, Jesus Christ. And before whom I stand, I follow Him. I, that, uh, that He is my God. That I will follow Him. I will do as He says, just as Elijah did. And that, and that uh, the Lord is able to, to... Just as the Lord nourished Elijah... And through that, he strengthened more of the Lord's people. That we can, that we can, <laughs> that we can do that for ourselves and for others as well. And I pray this morning that <laughs> that if you truly feel alone, if you feel that, and if you feel that there is nobody else, that there is nobody else, know that the Lord God liveth, before whom we stand. That we are not alone. And if you have not made a profession of faith in Christ, if you have not come forward, that we would have the courage of Elijah to do those things. I may the Lord bless you this morning. I thank you for your time.